What a wonderful time of worship. Thank you guys for putting this together and being here today. I know that, like I said at the beginning when we started this transmission, this is very uncommon for it to be Sunday morning, 10, 20 in the morning, and uh, we're doing this live broadcast. But we want to make sure that everybody is taking the right measures to be safe, to be in a place where you're protected right now. And uh, we want to make sure that we end this virus. And one of the ways that we end this virus is by staying at home, you know, and not going out and not doing the things that we are used, used to doing, you know. But uh, as we come today and uh, and we worship God and, and we, we want to hear a word, you know, today I, I want to talk to you about hearing God's voice in crisis. That's the title of the, the message that we're going to share this morning. Hearing God's voice in crisis. You know, right now it's a world crisis that we're living. My wife and I were in India just a week ago, and I know that our pastor Kirk is connected with us in this uh, English transmission. You know, we were in India a week ago, you know, and as uh, we had to cut our trip short to come home, you know, the airports were empty, Air airports that are usually packed with people, you know, and, and people bustling around. Uh, uh, just in the city of New Delhi alone where we were, there's 32 million people. You imagine 32 million people in a city. And when we got there to the airport, there, in reality, there wasn't that many people, you know, and the people that were there, they were fearful. They were trying to rush home. Uh, we had gotten the news that they were going to cancel the visa. So if you were stay there past a few days, we would be there illegally. So we needed to catch a flight home and, uh, and uh, our, our flight, which was United, that had cut back on flights. So there was only two flights a day, you know, to get us out of the country. And uh, and we were praying because our flight wasn't until Friday. We would have not come back till two days ago. And we were praying that there would be space on the, on the airplane. And some things, you know, that were not, you know, too good at the moment. You know, some guys that were just not treating everybody the way that should be treated, you know, uh, they were there and they were holding up the line and they were like, well, the only way you're going to come in here is if you have a flight for today. And we were like, well, we don't have the flight for today. We're trying to talk to an agent and that's what they told us to come here. And uh, some young man that was there, you know, he took his time to give me his phone, you know, and when he gave me his phone, he connected us directly to United Airways. We have been waiting on the phone for maybe about an hour and a half, two hours to get through. And they were telling us, you just got to go to the counter directly you can't call us because we can't fix you up because there's no room in that plane well this guy connected us directly to an agent right there at the airport and they gave us two seats all right and they told us these are the last two seats on this plane you're getting on tonight and i'm like do you have like extra leg space i'm like listen we're getting you on the plane i'm like all right forget the extra leg space you know let's just get on this plane it's a 15 and a half hour trip okay from new delhi uh, to Newark, all right, in New Jersey. And we were just happy to get on. We were happy to get on the plane. We were happy to be coming home. But we knew that when we would get home, we would be facing a crisis. We knew that we were going to be having meetings uh, through Zoom, you know, connecting with our board of directors, with our elders, with our, you know, ministry team, with the coaches. There was a lot of things that needed to take place because right now it's a time of crisis, you know. 
Uh, if you go to the supermarket, you might not find, you know, the products that you usually like to buy. You know, maybe you're looking for meat and there's no meat anywhere. You know, you're looking for your eggs. You're looking for your for your milk, you know, toilet paper. I hope you're not looking for toilet paper, right? Those ran out a long time ago, all right? And people are in a mad dash for that. I don't know why. But anyways, all right, regardless of what's going on, our world is in a crisis. It's not just our city. It's not just, okay, our nation is the whole world. And a lot of times when we enter these crises, we are, we have to make choices. But I want to let you know something. I really believe that God is trying to speak to us behind what's going on. And there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 12. I want to, if you could go to Hebrews chapter 12, whether you have your Bible there with you, maybe you have an iPad or phone that you could go there for a second. I know that we're going to be projecting that here in a second. Hebrews 12, and we're going to look at verse 25 through 28. Hebrews 12, 25 through 28. And this is something that the Holy Spirit has been ministering to me personally this week. And it says like this, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. So what this uh, author of the book of Hebrews is stating is that God is speaking to us, all right? And he says that we should be careful not to reject what he's telling us. And he's telling us in the Old Testament, God spoke through Moses. He spoke through the law. He spoke through the prophets. Now in the New Testament, God is speaking to us through Christ. But I love what it says here because it says, it says here, we will not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. So pay attention. It's not saying the one who spoke to us through the scriptures. It's not saying the one that spoke to us when he walked here on earth. It's saying the one who speak to us from the heavens. In other words, is in the present tense. God is still speaking to us from the heavens in this very day, in this very moment, through this very situation that we're going through. God is trying to get our attention. You see, when you go out to the streets, you know, and maybe you live here in Miami, you know, and you were planning to going uh, to the beach this weekend. I know that my wife and I, you know, we had our daughter's birthday coming up and we had her birthday celebration planned out. And now we're going to have to put a pause to that. You know, when we see that, everything has changed. Everything is different. So as I'm home, I'm saying, Lord, what are you trying to tell us through this? What, what are you trying to speak to my heart? What, what should I pay attention to at this very moment? You see, it's weird to look at the images, you know, of Times Square in New York completely empty. It's, it's weird to look at, at the images, you know, of, of California being shut down as a state when it's such a, a beautiful state with so many people. What is God trying to tell us through this crisis? And if you continue reading here, it says... When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. When God spoke, what happened? He shook the earth. And the question that I have, isn't the earth being shaken right now? Could it be possible that through this shaking, God is trying to speak to us? It shook the earth when he spoke to us from Mount Sinai. And it says, but now he makes another promise. 
once again I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed. Pay attention. All creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. God wants the unshakable things to remain. And at the end of the day, what is remaining? Our faith, our family, because we're at home. Who are we with at home? We're not with our boss, okay? We're not with our bank account, all right? We're not with our friends, you know? Who are we at home with? With our family. Those people that are dearest to us, our wife, our children, our parents. So God is removing the things that can be shaken so that the things that cannot be shaken will remove the things that should be our priorities, the things that should be important to us. Those are the things that when things are shaken are still going to remain church. And it finishes by saying, since we have received a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. I want to tell you this morning that you and I and all of us in this place right now, we are part of an unshakable kingdom. The kingdom of God is unshakable. I want to tell you something right now. The world might be in crisis, but the kingdom of God is not in crisis. The nations of the world may be shaken, but the kingdom of God is not shaken. His kingdom is a firm foundation for each of us that are watching right now, for each of us that are receiving this world right now. His kingdom. So, as we continue with this message, this is the question that I asked the Lord in my own prayer time. I said, Lord, if you're speaking to us through this crisis, if you're speaking to us through everything that is going around, if you're speaking to us through this plague, through this virus, if you're speaking to us through this pandemic, Lord, what are you trying to tell us? What are you trying to tell us? And I want to share with you very quickly four things that I believe the Holy Spirit was speaking to me that he's trying to tell me and I want to share it with you because I believe he's trying to tell all of us as he speaks from heaven through this crisis number one that he wants us to align ourselves he wants us to align ourselves to him in 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 verse 13 and 14 this is scripture if you've been walking with God I'm sure you've gone through the scripture. You've heard it many times in church. Maybe if you're new, this is a very powerful scripture. And listen to what it says. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. The Lord says, At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls, or command grasshoppers to devour your crops, or send plagues among you. Then, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore their land. This is a very beautiful scripture. 
And what God is asking us here is to be aligned to him. He's saying, if there's moments where you see difficulty, if there's moments where you see crisis, if there's moments where you see plagues, if there's moments when you see sickness around you, he's saying, you guys that are called by my name, you guys, the church, my sons, my daughters, the believers, if you guys would humble yourselves and pray and seek my face and cry out to me. But the question that I have, aren't these things that we should be doing all the time? Why do we have to wait for a crisis to call out to God, to pray to him, to seek his face, to humble ourselves? So I really believe that what God is telling us is that we need to align ourselves to him. That we need to make sure that our hearts are connected to him. That the decisions that we're making are decisions that are pleasing to him. Maybe our father's in heaven saying, hello, I'm trying to catch your attention here. I'm trying to make sure that you pay attention to what I'm trying to tell you. So we want to make sure that we align ourselves. Because I really believe this is one of the things that the voice of God is crying out to us right now in this moment of crisis. Align yourselves. Number two. Build solid. Number two, build solid. And, and, and the question that I have is, how, how do I build solid? How, how do you and I build our spiritual lives in a solid manner? Well, we, we build upon his word. We build upon his word. You see, everything that our father says is good. Even if sometimes we don't like it. You see, a lot of times when you have small children, I have a couple of small children at home. The other ones are growing up already. But we have to tell them what time to go eat, what time to go shower, what time to do homework, what time to do this, what time to do that. And a lot of times we sound like we're nagging them. We, we sound like we're not being fun and we're not being, you know, fair. And we're saying, you got to do this, you got to do that. But in reality, you know, if they put those things to practice, it's not for their bad. It's not for evil. It's not to hurt them. It's because we want the best for them. If we are telling them to go to bed at a certain time, it's because we want them to be rested the next morning when they wake up. It's not because we don't want them to have fun. So when our Heavenly Father talks to us and His Word comes to us, you know why it is? It's for our good. It's for our blessing. You see, you can build on God's Word. You can trust Him. You could trust his word. You could trust him when he speaks to you. It won't be to hurt you. He has your best in mind. You see, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. If you guys could go there, Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Is like a person who builds his house on solid rock. Though the rain comes and the torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built upon the rock or the bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. It's like a person who builds his house on the sand. And when the rain and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. What is Jesus telling us? Be, build solid, build solid, be wise builders. Be wise builders, build upon the word of God. Whatever his word says, if his word says to forgive, 
You know what we do? We forgive. If his word says to love, what do we do? We love. If his word says to give, what do we do? We give. But pastor, this is not a moment to be giving. This is not a moment, you know, for us to be touching people or reaching out to them. You know what? There's no limits to love. And you can give love even from one side of the fence to the other, how we've been doing with our neighbor. All right, we have a neighbor and they're doctors and they're on the other side of the fence. And every once in a while, their kid pops up their head and he wants to come and play with our kids. And then they pop up their heads and we pop up our heads and we're talking to one another, you know, and we're sharing with one another. And we've been telling them, do you need anything? You see, these are moments that we can love on one another. And like I shared this week, you know, we met this other lady at the airport that I spoke about it, you know, when we were doing our our transmission during the weekend. This lady uh, was going to New York for uh, her friends. I think it was a wedding anniversary or birthday party, something like that. And she flew all the way from Los Angeles to New York. And when she got to New York, the party had been canceled, but she hadn't gotten word of it. So she was going to be there for four days. Her friend was scared, didn't want to come out. She quarantined herself. So now this lady was in New York by herself with nothing to do. And we're in the airport. We're connecting to Miami. And we're there in the morning. And she starts talking to us. And we start talking to her. And there's a moment that we told her, can we pray for you? Because we saw the condition that she was in. And she said, you want to pray for me? And I'm like, sure, come over here. Let's pray. And she joined our table. We were having breakfast. She joined our table. A total stranger. You know, and she sat there and we prayed over her. And she said, you know what? I think that this is a sign from God. And I'm like, I really believe it is. I told her, have you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And she goes, I have. I'm like, well, you know what? He loves you and he has plans for you. When we were done, she goes, I know that we're not supposed to do this, but can I hug you? And what am I going to tell that lady? I'm going to say, no, you know what? You know, please stay away. I'm like, you know what? Go ahead. You can hug me. Man, I have been in India hugging a bunch of girls anyways, you know. Of course. So you know what? In these times, how do we build? We build upon the word of God, what he's spoken, what he says. And you do it. Number three, okay? What is God speaking to us? Let love conquer fear. Let love conquer fear. And I think that example that I just gave you just brings us in straight into this point. First John 4, 18. It says this, Show, I mean, I'm sorry, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we are not fully experienced in perfect love. I want to tell you something. When you have fear, okay, according to this, is because we're afraid that we're going to be punished. We're afraid that something bad's going to happen to us. We're afraid that we're not doing something good and God is coming against us. But I'm here to tell you that the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. And God wants to affirm you, my brother, my sister, in your heart in these days through his perfect love so that you don't let all the fear that is going on around us take hold of your heart and paralyze you. You say, many years ago, I heard this acronym that said that fear stands for false evidence that appears real. False evidence that appears real. Fear seems very real. 
And fear screams at us. Fear comes and it looks like a giant. But I want to tell you something. When you know the great love that God has for you. What's the love that he has for me? The love that sent his son Jesus to the cross. His love that paid for your sins and my sins. Greater love, the Bible says, has no man than this. That one would give his life for his friend. When you are sure of that love. And that love affirms your heart. My brother, my sister, let me tell you something. Fear has to move out. Fear has no room. Fear needs to come out of your life. So today we speak against all fear that may be coming against you right now. And maybe you've been at home and you're paralyzed by the news and all you hear is NBC, all you hear is CNN, all you hear is Fox, all you hear is constantly what's going on. You know the news better than the president maybe. You're getting more briefings than the own president of this nation. I want to tell you something. You need to feed yourself with the word of God. And that's why it's so good that you're connected this morning, that you're hearing this message. You need to feed yourself with his word. Cast out all fear, all anxiety, and put it upon Jesus. I really believe he's telling that to us from heaven. And the fourth thing and final thing this morning, fourth thing that I really believe that God is telling us from heaven is be still and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is God. In Psalm 46, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Psalm 46, starting in verse 6 and then concluding with verse 10. It says this, The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel, he is our fortress. Come and see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. And he breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. And I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. So God is saying, you see all this chaos, you see all this craziness, you see all these things that are going on around us. You know what? Just be still and know that I am God. Put a pause right now. And you know what? There's a pause that is being put on right now to all our hearts, to all our activities, to all our plans, to all our agendas, that everything that you have planned right now is on pause. What is God saying? You know what? Contemplate me. Check out who I am. Come near to me. I want to have a relationship. I want to have a friendship with you. Be still and know that I am God. You see, as things around us are running around, and they try to find a cure for this virus. You have people that are working 24-7 in labs, doctors. We were looking at a report yesterday. You know, all these things. I imagine what's to be the president of a nation, the president of our nation. You need to be praying for our president right now. You need to be praying for our governor right now. You need to be praying for uh, our city mayors right now. This is a moment where we need to pray for all these people that are being presented with so many options and decisions need to be made. 
as all these things are going on, you know what God is saying? Be still. Relax. I got this. I got this. This is not bigger than me. Coronavirus is not bigger than our God. Coronavirus is not bigger than our God. Our God is bigger than any virus. Our God is bigger than any crisis. Our God is bigger than any situation that you've been facing or that you will ever face. So that's why I tell you, what do we need to do? We need to align ourselves with him. We need to build solid. We need to let love conquer fear. And we need to be still and know that he is God. Right there where you're at, I want to ask you that you would bow your heads with me for a second. Because I really believe that he's speaking into your heart this morning. He's been speaking this to me as I've been in the mornings praying at home in the midst of all the craziness. And I've been telling, Lord, Lord, what is it that your voice is saying? I know you're speaking. What are you saying? Right there with your eyes closed, head bowed. I want you to ask him, Lord, what are you telling me through this message this morning? What do you want to speak to my heart? What are some of the things that I've allowed to rise up inside of me, Lord, that are not aligned with you? Lord, how am I building? Does it please you the way that I'm building? Lord, am I sure in the love that you have for me? Or am I allowing fear to take hold of my heart? These are questions that I want you to ask right there where you're at right now. And Holy Spirit, we pray for each person that is watching. As we release this word this morning from this place where we usually come and we gather at this time, we release this word of faith, of hope, of encouragement, this word that challenges us, Lord, that we may act, Father God, according to your word, according to what you're telling us. Father, I pray for my brothers, my sisters, for their families, for their children, Lord. I pray, Father God, protection around them, Lord. God, I declare that, that no pestilence, Father God, come near to where they're at, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray supernatural provision, Lord God, for those that have lost their jobs this week, Father God, and are may, might be holding on to their last little savings that they have, Lord God, or maybe those that have been looking for a job and they don't even have one, and now they're faced with this. Father, I pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. And right there where you're at, whether you're at home or wherever you may be, I want you to search your heart for a moment and ask yourself if you have made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. And I want to give you that opportunity right now. You've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Right there where you're at, you can make this prayer in which I'm going to guide you in a second where you ask him for forgiveness for your sins and you invite him into your life. You see, the Bible says that he is knocking in the door of our heart, that whoever opens that door and lets him in, he will come in. He's not going to barge that door open. He's a gentleman. He will knock. And if you let him in, he will come and dine with you and you with him. He will have fellowship with you and you with him. So if you're saying today, Pastor, I need to make that decision right there where you're at, I want you to repeat this with me. Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my life. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. 
I ask you that you forgive me of all my sins. And in the midst of this crisis that we're living, that you would be my rock and you would be my foundation. I run to you, Jesus. Take me by the hand and take me to the arms of my heavenly father that I may enjoy fellowship with you and with him and fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I may know the will and the plan that you have for my life. I pray all this right now in Jesus' mighty name. And as people say, amen, amen, and amen. My friend, you've made that prayer today for the first time. I want to let you know that right now, the Bible says that you have been born again, that you are a son, that you are a daughter of God, that you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you, and you have eternal life. That the moment that your eyes close in this world, your eyes will open to a new reality that you will be with God forever. So my prayer for you is if this is your church, you stay connected to us here. And if this is not your church, that you would find a good Bible teaching church, that you get a Bible in your hand. And it's easy nowadays. You could even download the Bible app right there into your phone, into your tablet, or get a Bible. Start reading God's word. Pastor, where do I start? Start by the book of John in the New Testament. That's a recommendation I always give to people when they're starting a relationship with God. So if you made that decision today, I want to congratulate you and welcome you to the family of God. Amen. Now, I have a